I'd like to introduce you to a guy named Brent. Over 9,000 still going on the emails that he sent. <laughs> Here to speak about buildings. More interesting than Twin Keys with green filling. He likes to climb trees and to sail the seven seas. Even has an apiary like, please save the bees. So we went and it was the first time I've ever seen an animal that looked at me with intent to eat, you know? Like it looked at me and I was like, this thing could actually try to eat me. Welcome to the Friend with Benefits Podcast, episode 26 with Brent P. White. Welcome to the Friend with Benefits Podcast, helping bachelors adjust to life in the real world. Now your host, Stephen Friend. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Friend with Benefits Podcast, the show designed to help you answer the question, what am I doing with my life? Today we got another exciting guest. He's a civil engineer. Um, the name is uh, Brent P. White, and the, use, the reason I use the P is to distinguish himself from any other Brent Whites that may exist, kind of like Michael B. Jordan. Um, but anyway, my next guest is a civil engineer who received his degree in 2013. He's a lively individual who's frequently compared to individuals such as Johnny Knoxville and skater Bam Margera for his fearless attitude and disregard for his own personal safety. I'm just kidding, but he's a very courageous guy who I've almost known for, <laughs> who I've known for almost ten years now. And uh, this is done in a coffee shop, so it'll be a transition here. But anyway, yeah. Without further ado, here's my next guest, Brent P. White. So, is there anything in the bio that I left out that you would like the audience know about yourself? Oh goodness. Uh, let me think here. There's a lot of stuff probably left out. <laughs> There's probably a lot of things left out. Well, let's let's narrow it down. What kind of random thing would you think the audience would like to know? What's the scariest thing you've ever done, or what's what's the thing you've mm-hmm. done that most people would say like that's I would never do that? Well, um, we'll give you a choice. There was um, chasing a Komodo dragon up a tree, and then out of a tree, and across my dad's head, which was scary. And or or there's um. I did repel into an eagle's nest once with a rattle. Oh, a couple times into an eagle's nest, but once with a rattlesnake and fed the baby eagle. That was kind of cool. I, I fed the baby eagle. Oh, fed the baby petting, eagle. Ba- petting baby eagles is supposedly illegal, so I cannot comment, <laughs> confirm, nor deny if any petting has ever occurred in my whole life. But um, feeding them by leaving food offerings is, is okay. Okay. <laughs> that still sounds pretty scary. It's a little scary. <laughs> Let's the Komodo dragon one, though, because that was a really interesting one. Once upon a time, back in 2015, uh, my dad and my then roommate, Will Dever, and I <clears throat> went from Kadena to uh, Indonesia mm-hmm. and with the express intent purpose of um, getting dangerously close to Komodo dragons, which get about, you know, 12 feet long, 300 pounds. They're kind of scary. Anyway... So we went, and it was the first time I've ever seen an animal that looked at me with intent to eat, you know? Like, it looked at me, and I was like, this thing could actually try to eat me. And so one of them did rant, run at us, and then our guide whopped it on the head with a stick, <laughs> or on the shoulder, on the shoulder really, not quite the head, and it kind of shook it out of its, you know, its, its anger and hungriness, and it's like, oh, right, I don't eat people, and just kind of walked off and sat down, and was like, okay, that's terrifying, but cool. Um, but later that day, there was, I saw a small one up in a tree, about a four-footer, 
And you remember, these things are venomous, so if they bite you, you're kind of in a real pickle. So I've had these big gloves that went all the way to my armpits, like welder's gloves. Mm -hmm. They're pretty thick, so I'm like, these will work, I think. So I climbed the tree, put the glove on, and was trying to climb it. And so I grabbed this thing's tail. It's about four feet long. And then it turns around and looks me right in the face. And I'm about, you know, two feet away from his face. I'm like, hmm. And its head's about the size of my hand, you know. So it's big enough that if it decided to bite me, it would just, it, it could do so and make me really regret my poor life choices. So anyway, I'm like, well, I could let go with my, the hand holding his tail and try to grab his head with my that hand. Or I could let go of the tree with my other hand, risk falling onto my head down, you know, however many feet to the ground and try to grab with that one. I was not very well balanced, so I tried to grab its head with the hand holding its tail, and I missed, and it ran away, and then I chased it across the tree and almost fell out, and then it did fall out onto my dad's head, and then he grabbed at it and then realized, I don't have gloves on, so he let go, and it ran off into the jungle and got away, and that was our, <laughs> this is, that was our, our uh, story catching Komodo dragons. It was great. A Komodo dragon fell onto his head? Yeah. I, I might have chased it onto his head. I felt a little bad. But. Oh, my God. It worked out. Nobody died. That's not something you want falling on your head. <laughs> not particularly. I can think of a lot better things to fall on your head. You know, cotton candy and you know, rain. I don't know. <laughs> so you're a um, you're a civil engineer. What made you? Decide, I am. What made you decide to go into that field? Well, my degree at the academy was environmental engineering, which to the Air Force means it has engineer at the end, so you're pretty much a civil engineer. Um, and I picked environmental engineering because zoology was not an option, neither was photography. So environmental engineering it was. And, uh, yeah, so I've been doing the engineering thing. It's been very interesting. It's definitely been challenging in terms of leadership ability and, uh, you know, the technical data, technical expertise required because I've had to learn a lot of things, you know, civil and mechanical-wise on the fly in the, during the course of the job versus having it already known from college. Right. And what do you find the most, the most fulfilling about your work? Uh, getting to lead airmen and seeing how uh, you can just my interaction with their daily life and my um, my input can have a positive effect on their life. We had uh, one of my lieutenants, one of my master sergeants, and one of my uh, tech sergeants throughout last year got a, a squadron quarterly award. You know, which is not a huge deal, but you know, it's it's something that'll help their future careers. It's something they can put on their appraisals that you know sets them above their peers and lets them actually be able to um you know excel um so actually one of my airmen to get that too so anyway just seeing that little bit of impact and i can't c claim credit for that these are just exceptional individuals that i have the pleasure of working with but just getting to see how me you know spending a little bit of time putting effort in those packages or talking to them about their goals and their dreams and seeing how that impacts their life and makes them a better person is hugely great so. right are you part of a Red Horse unit? I am not part of a Red Horse unit. Oh, okay. I'm part of a um, base, just prime beef team. And what does that mean for people who are listening? Ah, uh, yes, prime beef. Um, basically, your prime beef folks are the counterparts to your Red Horse. Prime beef are the guys who are uh, on the base, maintaining the base itself versus going out and doing expeditionary type work. When we deploy, sometimes we do expeditionary stuff. I deployed to Niger in 2016. And we did a lot of what a Red Horse unit would do, but Red Horse are that initial base build-up team. Prime Beef is you're kind of maintaining the base once it is built-up team. Gotcha. What did what was it like being in Niger? That sounds pretty interesting. It was very hot, very dry. <laughs> um, we lived in tents. Um, 
you could say it was intense, and that was a terrible pun, and I apologize. Um, uh, no, it was it was very unique. I, I was at that point in time a lieutenant, and I was the only civil engineering officer on the base, and had my team of 13 guys. I had three plumbers, three structures, which are like your carpenters, um, one heavy equipment operator, two HVAC folks, and uh, supposed to be three generator folks, but only had it up to two at one time due to injuries and um, sickness sending folks home. So that was a very interesting time. A lot of leadership lessons learned. We uh, did a lot of cool stuff supporting their mission out there. They have a lot of fun stuff supporting the Army and flying units of sorts um, from the Air Force and other agencies. And it's, it's a very interesting place. Very cool. That's awesome. That right? was a very fulfilling area. I didn't even know we sent people there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. If you want, to, if you or your listeners want to look up something really cool, the uh, Air Force is actually doing the largest um, Air Force engineer construction project since the Vietnam War in Niger. Really? Yep. And that's open source. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Um, just look for Agadez and Air Force. Okay. And where where else have you gotten to go so far? Or is it as far as so like deploy- deployments go? Yeah. Or deployments. I've only say. deployed. I've only deployed to Niamey, Niger. Um, that was my only, you know, full 180-something day. It ended up being 190-something day deployment. I've gone TDY to Guam a couple times. I've gone and then TDY to a number of stateside bases. Nice. So yeah, yeah. Sounds like a pretty fulfilling, uh, fulfilling job. Definitely <laughs> busy. Uh, it's fulfilling most days. <laughs> um, I know the. Uh, at our unit, we have a we have a motto for CE. It's like, what is it? It's like we're not happy until you're not happy, or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's this new system. It's called Tririga, and everyone hates it, including us. And it just takes forever to get anything done. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Um, so, who was your uh, superhero the most growing up, and who or who influenced you the most, and why? Uh, my dad was my main superhero growing up. I mean, he was the one who took me rappelling when I was four years old. He taught me how to catch my first rattlesnake when I was 12. Um, he's been a huge example in terms of my Christian faith, and that's been you know, the guiding factor of my life is that. And so that's been huge. Um, he's, you know, was the leader of my family, with my mom and my sister. So my dad was my superhero growing up, honestly and truly. Awesome. And he told me a kind yeah. of a story about him like a long time ago. You say he was kind of a hippie growing up, and then he like he, he changed a lot or something. I'm not sure, but yeah, but he was a not kind of. He was very much a hippie growing up when he was in his you know twenties and such. You know, <laughs> the whole the whole nine yards. But uh, then he you know <clears throat> decided he wasn't happy being strung out on drugs and met Jesus, and that changed his whole life, and it was good. Awesome. Yeah. He uh, still so, does the artwork though, and you know, he still has hippie tendencies, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 definitely good to have at least some, at least a creative side anyway. Yes, um, yes. Uh, so, so, what do you want to be when you grow up? I know you said you you're changing over to international business now. Mm-hmm. So, what I want to be when I grow up, I want to be a National Geographic photographer that mission slash missionary slash international business entrepreneur all at the same time. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, that's that's a very uh, big goal. Um, hey, you know. <laughs> so, let's see. 
What advice would you give yourself um, if you were just leaving college knowing what you know now? Ooh. Um, <clears throat> do not send or do not start a cross a transoceanic dating relationship the day you leave the country. It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. <laughs> you want to explain that? I started dating a girl before I left for Japan, or the day I left for Japan, technically, and it went well for a, a year or two, and then it crashed and burned. And there was a lot of sadness on both of our parts. I mean, a, great, a lot of great lessons learned, and I wouldn't have wouldn't change it, but um, but um, I, part of me knowing now how you know hard a breakup like that is, you know, mm-hmm. would say, hey, just uh, don't. But you know, it's all right. Yeah. I got you. That's kind of tough. Yeah. But, um, that and don't do a cartwheel off the stage at graduation because that was just a terrible, terrible day afterward. Did you do that? I might have done that and might have gotten called into our squadron. Um, <laughs> the AD, or what's, What was it called? Squadron ALO? Say what? AOC. Yes, AOC. There we go. Thank you. Might have gotten called to the AOC's office, and then the group AOC, and then um, later that later that uh, year, in, during leave, I went in and talked to the commandant. But anyway, don't do the cartwheel. <laughs> Terrible idea. Not worth it. That would be a piece of advice I would tell myself. Definitely don't do this. It's dumb. So they weren't they weren't bluffing when they said not to do those stupid stunts at graduation. They really weren't. I didn't realize that. Yep. <laughs> well, they just kind of expected it. They um, probably did expect it, but you know. Life went on. <laughs> What's the uh, best piece of financial advice you've ever been given? Every time you um, get a promotion or a, a increase in race, put half of that into savings. Because you're already used to um, living on what you live on mm-hmm. you know, already. So if you put half of your increase in, in uh, fundage directly into savings, you won't miss it. And it'll increase your savings drastically. What's the best piece of relationship advice you've ever been given? Be 100% honest with each other from the very get-go. Don't play any games. <laughs> okay. Um, and then what's the best piece of health advice you've ever been given? I'm going to give one. I, I don't remember who I learned it from, but I took it upon, and it's been a thing I've done ever since I can really remember. It's do 50 push-ups every morning when you wake up. You still do that? I do. Nice. So I miss some mornings, but I did it this morning, so... And you can still max your uh, your test every year? I can't do the run that fast. I am not a fast runner. Okay. I don't have your running skills. <laughs> but you can do the push-ups. So. Oh, yeah. Push-ups, push-ups will be good. And um, what project or job is exciting you the most right now? Um, I'm really excited for one that we're about to finish up. <clears throat> we had a thing where we had a bunch of mesquite trees grow fairly quickly um, since the last survey on our... Um, we have two planes at Dias. We have B1s and C-130s. And the C-130s have a small assault strip style thing over on the far end of our flight line. And we had these trees grow up uh, that made them get deserted on their last survey because they were growing up into their glide slope path, the 30 to 1 glide slope path. Mm-hmm. So about nine acres of trees that we've been working to clear. Um, not quite nine, I guess seven and a half acres of trees. And so anyway... It's been a months-long process going through all the permitting, working things through the EPA to make sure we're not going to screw up any kind of you know water or animal life or anything. And it's some of the trees were off base, so getting to work with the landowner and 
clear that off. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, we're going to, you know, have to, we need to cut these things. We have an easement. So getting to work through all that delicate stuff has been um, a lot, but it's been very good the past couple months. And we're, the contractor is supposed to finish up this weekend. Awesome. So we've had a lot of, a lot of weather delays and I'm very excited for that one to be done. It'll be good to get those, get the pilots back on, back to being able to take off from their training runway and uh, make it where I don't have to worry about people cutting trees anymore. <laughs> what is a mesquite tree? It's a dumb question. A mesquite tree. Mesquite is a type of tree that grows in the southern United States, originally from Mexico. It's um very quick growing, doesn't live that long, but they're very quick growing on the hardwood. Uh, you've heard of like mesquite barbecue. That's it's the wood that you make that with, but uh, it's thorny. Um, it just grows fast. It kind of makes it into thickets versus, you know, like regular trees or have a stump and uh, branches. Yeah. These all grow out in all sorts of shoots, almost like a scrub plant, and they interlock and really hard to get through if you're trying to clear them. So it's a it's a big undertaking to get rid of a mesquite thicket, and uh, they grow pretty tall and pretty fast too. So anyway, I was glad we could contract that one out instead of having to do that work ourselves. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. And can you give a plug for yourself so people can reach you if they have more questions on civil engineering or... Or yeah, Komodo dragons like my, or whatever. <laughs> just like my Air Force email or something like that. Uh, whatever you want to give. Yeah. Yeah, we'll give that one. Say that's Brent B R E N T period White W H I T E period three at us af mil, or you can find me on Facebook through Stephen, through Stephen and our friends on Facebook, <laughs> and in real life. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I will. Right. Thanks, thanks for your time and for coming on the show, Brent. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Stephen, and it's been great being on your show. Thank you all so much for listening today. If you like what you heard, please uh, leave a review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or have any other additional guests you would like to uh, recommend for the show, please let me know through social media on Facebook. And uh, have a good day, and I'll see you in May. Thank you for listening to the Friend with Benefits podcast. You're darn tootin'.